In just a few minutes, our elders are going to come and speak to you, and and um, I'm going to speak. Uh, I'm going to speak for a few minutes, and then they're going to come and and a little bit different this morning, uh, a little bit uh, kind of a uniqueness to the service today. I read my text uh, early in the service from First Corinthians chapter three, talking to you just for a moment about the passion of God. The passion of God. I, I really like to be around passionate people. I think passionate people are very exciting people. I feel like they, these are the kind of people that are, that are driven by something that is, you, you can't necessarily see it, but you sense it, you feel it. You know that it's, uh, it's something that's real. Something that, uh, something that is infectious, as a matter of fact. Passion. Passion is an emotion. Passion is, passion is good. Passion causes us to, I think, become alert to God in many different, in different ways and different sequences in our lives. When I got saved... It seemed like God embedded a passion in my, in my soul and spirit. Almost from the beginning, almost from day one, I sensed a passion. Now, as a, as a brand new Christian, I really didn't understand all of that. I, in fact, I understood very little of it. But I just knew something was brewing in my heart and in my life, and I describe it as passion. It was passion. I believe it was passion that led us on our, on our ministry journey. So much of it, so much of it, so much of it was described as passion. That makes sometimes people nervous. Sometimes people get a little nervous over that and said, well, you know, you're just, uh, you know, you're just kind of high-octane type fuel that, uh, what did you, you know, are you drinking Red Bull these days or something like that? No, I... I don't think I would want to get close to that. But um, no, it's nothing that is something, there's, there's something inside your spirit. I think it was passion that led us in so many different areas of our, of our life and ministry and passion. It was passion. It's something we feel strongly about. It's something that uh, causes us in many ways to be driven. We are passionate about a lot of things. I hope you're passionate about a lot of things. I hope you're passionate about your family. That's a good thing to be passionate about. I hope you're passionate about serving God. I hope you're passionate about your church and what your church is and, and how it can be and what it will be and all of these things that, uh, uh, that can flow out of it. I'm passionate about God. Every day, I, 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 just, I believe this with all of my heart, every day I'm learning something new about God, something new that excites me, something that, that I didn't know before, something that just ignites, that continues to stir this passion in my heart, my life. I never want to be just a bump on a log, so to speak. I, I, want, to be, I want to be passionate. I've grown that way. I've lived that way. I want to be able to blow a trumpet this morning for the passion of God. I want you to understand something very, very clearly. 
we're in a process right now that we believe is going to lead us to establishing a new church. That takes passion. You can't do that by just sort of sitting still and hoping something is going to happen or whatever it's, whatever it's going to be. It takes passion. We want to establish a new church. And for this reason, and this reason only, and I want everybody to, I, I, want, you, I want you to understand this, is, please understand me. This is to reach people for Christ. That is the only reason you do stuff like this. There is no other reason that you should do it. It's not for, you know, it's not for ego, it's not for, it's absolutely for nothing else, but to reach people for Christ. We send missionaries all over the world, all over the place. There are thousands of them. And the only reason they are being sent is because of a, of a passionate desire to win people to Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. That's all. Nothing else. Other things begin to occur as that happens. But the passion is to reach people for Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I think God has given this church an extraordinary measure of his amazing grace. We exist, not so we can sit back and be comfortable, to be at ease, but we exist to spread a passion for Christ in absolutely everything that we do and in all places. We desire to have a growing passion to win people to Christ not by just getting bigger at this location, but with the same God-centered passion that would drive us here. Planting this passion for Christ does not diminish anything that we do here. In fact, it's going to increase. It's going to, we see an expansion of who we are here. And something else, our church, our church is rich and spiritually mature men and women. But I want you to know something. I believe many are what I call underinvested, underinvested in the ministries of the church. We've got great gifts, we've got great people. We need to invest. Invest. And I and I challenge you, I challenge every person sitting in this room today to invest yourself in ministry, whatever that might look like, whatever shape or form that may take, invest yourself in ministry. Say to yourself this morning, it's nice that you're here, we don't take that for granted, but it would also be great for you to invest what God has given to me in something that is greater than me and likely to outlast me. Invest yourself. Invest yourself in what God is doing. A new church will cry out for your engagement. And I also believe that God is going to kindle a special fire, a spiritual fire, a flame in your, uh, in your spiritual bones to reach more people here. I've said this on so many occasions, I think I, I feel like a broken record almost, but there, there are, <clears throat> there's a spiritual truth to what is being done. You invest, you invest in others, 
God invests back in you. And folks, I tell you what, that's a spiritual principle. That's as big as the New Testament itself. You invest from here, God says, I will invest back in here, and I'm going to, I'm going to enlarge your tent elsewhere. You see what I mean? This is a spiritual principle that's throughout the Bible, and in particular, <clears throat> the New Testament. Verse number seven in this passage says, no, so then neither he who plants is anything or he who waters, but God who gives the increase. This is telling us that God is everything to you, that let God overwhelm you with his power, uh, with the role <clears throat> in everything that you do. God is saying, be so attached to me, so attached to me and so in love with me that nothing else even matters. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2 says, uh, and it's something I think we need to hear, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. That's a passion right there that's described in the Psalms. I want God. I want to invest in him. I want him to invest in me and the like. We're God's workers. You're God's field. And this is God's building. Be thrilled about the owner of it all. I'd like to ask our elders to come and share at this moment some questions that have come to us, and uh, they're going to do that. And uh, they're going to take it from here. I'm just going to sit down. Thank you. Check, check, check. Thank you, guys. Okay, so I'm just going to open this up a little bit quick. I think the first person that's really going to talk is Mark. Um, but, uh, you know, as we've been going through this uh, for quite some time, and, and uh, you know, this, this is a big, obviously, topic at our at our at our elder meetings and uh, along with everything else and but what we did uh, over the last couple weeks or week and a half was ask you know if you guys had any questions because that's one thing we feel um, we're not even sure how to do that real good we feel sometimes like we don't communicate um, not that we don't communicate well but it's just hard to get stuff out to you and even like well even like the annual meeting I mean we had a good discussion on that but very uh, a very few, not very few, but less than half of a percentage of our members are there, so not everybody hears everything. And so we're, we're just doing this today because we really want you guys to know that we're, we're looking at this um, through the lens, basically, of the Holy Spirit. We're trying to be led by that, but also to respect this body and to respect uh, um, your thoughts, your opinions um, that are coming with that. But ultimately, this is, this is coming back to where is God leading us? So you, we, we received a few questions that came in, and so we're just going to basically, um, I think actually we had five, so there's five of us. We're each going to take one and, and uh, then maybe expound a little bit more on that. So Mark, if you want to um, lead this off, that'd be great. So like BJ mentioned, <clears throat> one of the frustrations probably that us the elders have is we have these great meetings, 
and we discuss this stuff for hours at a time, and then we say, wow, I wish the congregation could have been here to, to, to follow our thought pattern on some of this. But um, so the questions that you guys emailed into us, one of them was, what kind of relationship do you envision the new church plant with Faith Community Church? And then the second part of the question is, will it eventually become independent? And I'll just answer the second part first, and yes, we do see it as eventually becoming uh, independent. We kind of look at it as, as a family that's deciding to have kids or to adopt kids. There's quite a commitment to that, and so that's what that will be for this church, is it's, it's quite a commitment. But we do know that as the kids grow and get older and go on their own, then we're not as, as the commitment becomes less but you, you will probably still t stay tied for some time. So that, that's the part of that question anyway. And uh, you know, I guess my thought a little bit on this is how many churches even get an opportunity to discuss this? So you know, the, <clears throat> where we're at in this whole discussion, the train has definitely not left the station, but it is at the station. So we have to still see where it goes. Brian? Thank you, Mark. Uh, second question is similar to the first. It says, will there, will there be opportunity to work together to share resources, youth programs, experience? And the answer to that question would be yes, very much so. Uh, and a couple of good examples that I, I think I would share would be uh, youth ministry. I think most folks know that we're using a bus from here and we're bringing you know oftentimes 20 or more students from the Humboldt area to the youth ministry so if you think about a startup church a lot of times it's not going to have a, a huge youth ministry right out of the gate it takes time to build something like that <clears throat> but if there were well I'm sure the youth in that area could you know we'll, we'll continue to run the bus and they can be a part of the youth ministry here at, at this church so that would be one example of how we would share resources and another good example that I can think of would be Vacation Bible School. Uh, we have an excellent Vacation Bible School here. Um, so many of you are volunteers and involved and literally reaching hundreds of kids and, and sharing with them. Um, very effective program. And so that would be another example. You know, it takes time to build a program like that. And so why not share those resources, you know, bring those kids over and be a part of the Vacation Bible School here. I'm sure there's a number of other examples, but I don't, I don't want to take too much time out of the service, but there would certainly be a lot of opportunities to share resources and experience. Uh, you know, the bench depth and, and the resources in this church can definitely be very helpful in helping to, uh, to build uh, that church plant. I just want to start out this morning and kind of share to you how hard the elders have been praying and working on, on this particular subject in the church plant. Um, and hopefully as we talk this morning, you'll find some more of those details that will come out and make it a little more clear to you. And that's really our prayer. And we just want to remind you that this is a work in progress and will continue to be a work in progress. So. At each elder meeting, we pray about this, and we just trust God in where he's leading us, and also that we have faith in that. 
the question that I'm going to talk about this morning is one misconception in Humboldt with a new church starting is will there be a building, a building, a facility immediately? And the second part, is there some kind of timeline to do this? Uh, the plan has never been initially to build a facility or even purchase a current building somewhere in Humboldt. And there would be no timeline to do this. There are many factors that would come into play and that would need to be considered. The church would first have to grow enough and have a membership that could financially support uh, a project of that nature. And then at that point, maybe that would be considered. But there would also have to be money that would be saved and down payments and, and you know, when you go to buy a house, how many how many things that need to be done, and that would be similar. So there's really no timeline that would be put for that. Um, at this time, though, we are in discussion with the Humboldt Community School District. Uh, as you know, Pastor Rush has a very good relationship with that district through uh, FCA and through Bible studies, um, and that's helped us open some doors there. Uh, we are considering renting the R. Wesley Carlson Auditorium at the Humboldt High School. Uh, this facility has been looked at for a number of reasons. It is well-known location in Humboldt and would be easy and for us to use in mailings or any kind of advertising we would do, as well as people know where it is and they would know how to get there. Uh, it is easily accessible, it's handicapped accessible, and there would be ample parking there. There would also be additional rooms available that we could use for nursery or maybe other growth as would be needed. And we also, in this location, do realize that there would be some conflicts that would come up during Sundays on the course of the year, and on those Sundays, we would just plan on having uh, our worship service in another part of the building. But overall, we feel like that would be a very good fit for our needs. And I just want to share an Old Testament scripture with you here quickly. It comes from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And the Lord had said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your people, and from your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. One thing that we, we, we pray and we talk about at a lot of our elder meetings is how greatly God has blessed this congregation and this church. Everywhere you look, you can see those blessings. We have great pastors. We have a great facility. We have a lot of ministries that you see that, uh, that Brian talked about a little bit. And now we feel, as elders, that we have the vision that this is our, our opportunity to be a blessing to others. This church has always had a great focus on mission. This year, we have a mission uh, budget for 2017 of around $82,000. And you all should be commended for that mission to reach Christ for lost souls. This church plant really, to we consider, an excellent opportunity to, to, uh, for us as a church 
to spread that mission to our local counties here, right here at home for a minimal cost. Um, so that's what we see as the vision of this, is to be able to be a blessing to reach some of those estimated 8,000 people in Humboldt County that are not sitting in church this morning, just as you're sitting here, and around 2,100 souls that have no affiliation with any church. So as Genesis verse 3 ends, all people on earth will be blessed through you. And we feel this is our opportunity to be that blessing. All right, one of the other uh, questions given uh, was a name uh, that could be used for this. And of course, they gave me the easy question. So you can probably see that for good reason. But, but the name of the... Uh, the name of uh, a possibility of this church that was brought up from the group is LifeGate Fellowship. And uh, upon hearing that, you know, we thought, hey, that's, that really has kind of a, a nice uh, a tone to it. And uh, so that was a question that was brought up from the group of a name to be used for the starting of, you know, this church would be LifeGate Fellowship. So we thought, you know, that's a I could mention, you know, that would be a great name to use going forward. And I think that kind of signifies a lot about um, a little bit, too, with this body. You know, obviously new believers in here. Uh, a number of you have come from other churches because, you know, you've felt there was something missing. And, and uh, this church has been able to help fill that need. And that's one thing is, as uh, church leadership, you know, we'd like to encourage through the church plant is the ability to use a lot of your different gifts and talents that you guys have. And uh, not that you're not using them now, but uh, I think in all of us, you know, there's, there's different ways that we can be used and be in prayer about that, about that can help, how that can help further the kingdom. And, uh, you know, as far as a church body, um, I don't want to say we're the only church in the area, and I'll let that pride thing creep in there, but, you know, as a neat body here that has uh, a lot of growth that's been happening, you know, it, it is our responsibility, as Steve mentioned and others, to help get that word out. And uh, so the, I think this whole opportunity is going to be a great encouragement for us as a church body going forward uh, to look at, you know, local evangelism in this way as another avenue. We have great things that we're doing now. And uh, so upon hearing that name, LifeGate Fellowship, you know, seems like a, a nice, uh, has a nice ring to it to place and, and starting a, a church in another community. Okay, so the question, the last question here was, will the entire congregation vote on whether this church should be established? And to be honest with you, that's something we've, we've gone back and forth on as a board trying to um, look at what this really looks like. And when we stepped back the last couple times and looked at this, as uh, Steve mentioned, the investment for this is really going to be um, not very much. I mean, when we look at uh, uh, a comparison that, that we just brought up th at this last meeting was we, we had c contributed over just over $11,000 last year to camp scholarships. And we know how important those are, and we hear about those in the testimonies, and we'll hear some next week at Affirmation Sunday of how, of how that affects kids. And so when we look at dollars and dollars of this, and I think that's maybe a question um, that, that came up or hasn't come up that people have in the back of their mind, what's this going to cost? 
Um, and, and just to be upfront with you, what we're thinking, what we're seeing, um, $10,000 a year to, tw to 15, maybe 20, but 10 to 15 for what we're looking at everything right now would really be pretty adequate to do what we're talking about. So when you talk about a total investment, um, that's not a lot of money for how, what, what we have for resources here, what we've been blessed with. And that's not counting any contributions that are going to be coming in at, this church, at, at a new church over there. So when we think about the finance side of it, it it's really kind of a non-issue in our mind because of that. Um, what we're really focusing on um, is to, these things to come in place. Um, we've, been, we've been at the meetings at Pastor and Joan's house. They're meeting with uh, people and praying. And, and to develop a launch team. And that's something really that, that we're in the process right now to see, okay, you know, God, we're, we're following your step. We're following this lead. If you provide the people and show us that this is going to happen, that's, that's one of the key components to this is do we have the team, the people that are committed to do this. And that's kind of what we're working through and kind of hopefully in the next, I don't know, probably month, couple months, we'll hopefully really have a good feel for that. And, and there are people stepping up. Um, and so we're just kind of, you know, I don't want to say we're, we're, we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode on that, but that's where we've just placed it before the Lord and said, okay, show, you know, if we're, we're being faithful in our step, stepping forward here. Now bring the people that, that are needed to do this. Um, and so that's what we're praying and, and looking for. Um, you know, Pastor touched on his, in his message about being underinvested, and uh, I like that term because there's so, he's exactly right. There are so many people in this body with so many gifts and talents, and it just amazes me, you know, when, when we see things that happen and ministries going on, and uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing, but we know there's so much more, even in this, you know, that's one thing, too, that as an elder board, I think kind of um, we're being very mindful of, because even when and if this church does take place, um, there's still plenty to do here, you guys. Um, we're looking at other ministries and things that we should be doing, uh, connecting people, um, you know, just fellow, uh, fellowship and, and connecting people is a big thing. I mean, we, we talk regularly about how many people come here, and, you know, we don't have a firm number on this, but it's interesting to see our church is pretty much full every Sunday, but it's not the same people. And so you have easily probably 50 to 100 people that are that are, I'd say, rotating. And so do we really know them? Are we really connecting with them? And those of us that, you know, are mature Christians, um, are we connecting with those people? And how can we help you as, as the body to do that as elders? How do we, what do we put in place or how do we encourage this to be done so really we can, we can grow that aspect of it? So this isn't a, this isn't a total focus on just a church plant because there is much to be done here and we recognize that as well. And so and that when Pastor talks about um, being underinvested, I, I think there's some truth to that because we know what great people are sitting out here. Um, and what he brought up about uh, um, the principle of sowing and reaping, and that is, so many of us have seen that in our own lives. Um, many of you could attest to that. When you sow into something, um, when you bless somebody or, or step in faith, God returns that to you and makes things so much more than you could ever hope or imagine. And so that's, that's just the spiritual truth we believe, and, and, and we've seen it happen. So many of us have. Um, I, think, I think just a couple things to let you guys know. There's a, there's a church planning conference that's coming up. We've, we've asked uh, um, Pastor and Russ to go to that um, just to get, just 
for some additional input ideas to see if there's anything there that hey this is this is something good so that'll be in May they're going to that for is that a couple of days pastor almost three days a, little, a conference on that um, and so I guess as we move forward um, just be in prayer with us and I think one thing we want to make sure you know please please come to us and ask questions I mean if you have questions by all means contact one of us um, we don't want anybody to be felt like they're in the dark or not not on, not informed on things so um, please just just come to us and, and feel free and open to do that because we're, we want that um, I just want to share with you a couple thoughts this last week and um, the devotion I was going through one day um, was in James and and uh, love James um, James 1 starts out, says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those, um, who, those who love him. But each person is, then it goes on in, the, in uh, verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And this is what kind of got me thinking as I was thinking about the church plant. We know this verse, it says, Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth to death. Well, what's the opposite of that? That obviously is not what we do not want. What do we want? And when I was thinking about this in the, in the context of the church plant, um, it, it was kind of what came to mind was um, when desire gives birth. So desi our desire... Um, gives birth. We, there's instruction there that gives a vision, okay? So that gives birth to a vision, to a thought. And that vision gives birth to ministry and discipleship. And that discipleship and ministry, when it's fully grown, brings new life. Well, a healthy church, and this is something we've talked about, it's really nothing to debate whether, it, it always comes, it really comes down to timing with this church plant. It's not a question of should we be doing it. A healthy church should be doing that. I mean, that just should be a natural um, cause and effect thing of a, of a healthy church, um, that yes, that's going to happen. And uh, I could, you know, we've talked about this too. If, if, if This is new for us. This is kind of a new thing for us as a church to launch a new church and, and still remain. So what would that look like down the road if, if uh, we, we start to catch this vision and all of a sudden, boom, no. You know, a few years from now, there's another thing happening. So that's, you know, let's not limit God in his thinking. And, and uh, let's just be very, very prayerful through this and uh, just very open. And that's how we want to be. We want to be very transparent and open with this. There's no, like Pastor said, there's no agendas here. The only agenda is to, is to bring people to Christ, to, to make, people, make Christ known to people. And so I guess that's about all I have. Did any of you other guys have anything else you were thinking you wanted to add or? So that's kind of where we're at. I mean, you know, like I said, we're praying through this. We're meeting with people, and uh, we really sense this is something to do. And it, it really comes down, I guess, to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but timing and people. I mean, do we have the launch team? Does it feel right? Do we have the, do we have the green light with Holy Spirit? Is there confirmation? You know, and then that's, to me, that's a green light. So, Pastor? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hmm? Sure. Well, we can stand up here too. Right? <clears throat> you know, when you look through the New Testament, and especially the uh, book of Acts, 
the book of Acts is so exciting because you see people, they're moving the church forward. It's just dynamic, very powerful. And, uh, you know, we started our study in 1 Thessalonians, actually, or 1st and 2nd. You know, I, I think it's interesting. Paul was in that, <clears throat> in that community maybe three to four weeks at the most, got a church going, then got ran out of town. Um, I think that's a good thing. I, I'm not so sure about the run out of town business, but um, it tells me that God was working in a strong way. I know I mentioned this before, but I know we've got a lot of newer people here too. Uh, several years ago when I pastored Glad Tidings in Des Moines, we felt, uh, <clears throat> we felt we wanted to sort of promote our church or whatever in the surrounding community. So we, uh, we did some things and we contacted, we actually knocked on 1,200 homes in about a, um, you know, probably in about a half mile radius of the church. And during that time period of those 1,200 homes, we prayed with approximately 350 or 60 people just to pray with them. For, we would just say, do you have a, before we leave, do you have a need that we could pray with? And they would say yes. That's about one out of uh, four. And out of that group, approximately uh, <clears throat> somewhere around 125 or 30, we actually prayed for people to know Christ. Now, the people, people always ask, well, what was the result in your church? Did they all show up next Sunday? No, one showed up. I know that. I mean, we kept track of this stuff. And one showed up in our church. And that one today is a elder in the church, he and his wife, family. But something else happened. And this is where this law of sowing and reaping kicks in. Out of that 1,200, one showed up. But from that point on, our church more than doubled in size. We were running in the low 200s. And within a, about a year, we were bumping in the 450, 460 range, somewhere around like that. They did not come from the field that we planted in. They came from another field. These are the laws of sowing and reaping that God brings into effect in these sort of situations like this. I want to wrap this up real quick. I believe God is working. I know you're going to ask questions like, <clears throat> When will the services, we don't even have a clue on that yet. When will they be, what time of day, and all of those things. I, go ahead and ask us, we're happy to talk about it. But uh, we don't know. And I mean, this is just really in the infancy, and, and there's, just a, there's just a lot of questions that need to be answered, and they will be answered, but it's just gonna take some time. And um, so we'll work with you on that. But God says, I'm going to provide everything that you need, everything that you need, and it's up to us to have the passion to believe that God will do exactly that. How do we renew our passion? I think we renew our passion in only one way, <clears throat> and that's in a close relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Get close to Christ, get close to God, and you're going to find the passion of God building, if not exploding, uh, in your life. We need to have a thirst for God and what God will do. I came across a, uh, I came across a song, and I'm not going to say it or anything like that. I've heard it. It was written by Keith Green. Uh, Keith Green in his day, I think, was somewhat of a prophet. And um, I'm going to share it with you, and then we're going to close. He, here are the words. He says, my eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. And I know how I ought to be, alive to you and dead in me. But what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and with wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Please wash me anew with the wine of your blood. My eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard when my prayers are cold. That's something that we never want to see here in this church. Never. Never. Because when that happens, something's wrong. And we need to let God begin to touch our lives in the way that he desires the most. Donnelly, would you come back, please? <clears throat> There's a thirst for God that God wants to implant in our lives not for what God can do for us. It's not, not God do something for me, do something for me. But I think a thirst for God that in turn says, what can I do for God? What can God do through my life? What can he do as he empowers me, as he gifts me, and, and all of these things? What can I do for him? I need to recognize again, I, folks, I don't know about you, but I need to recognize this almost on a daily basis anymore. I need to recognize how great God is, <clears throat> how mighty he is, and what might I be able to do today, today, on Sunday morning, through him. What can I do? It's about relationship. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, we thank you this morning for giving us a time, a season here, not only to speak the word, but to speak our hearts, to talk about what's on our hearts. Father, I thank you that you are still raising up men and women with passion, with desire, people that have vision, vision to be able to see what cannot be seen, vision that is willing to not just take a blind step of faith, but to respond to the reality of your presence, of your leadership, of your, of, of your witness in our hearts. So Father, I pray that you're going to accomplish this sort of thing today. Thank you, Father. Father, I don't want, I, I don't want dry eyes and I don't want a hard heart. I don't want a cold prayer. I want to stay close to you. I want to stay in relationship with you. Father, this morning, if there's somebody in the room today and 
and there's been a realization since perhaps maybe the beginning of this service. I need a good relationship with Jesus Christ. I really do. I'm walking out here kind of doing my own thing. And I need God in my life. I need what Christ can do in me and what he can bring into my heart. So, Father, I pray for somebody today. Perhaps somebody is sitting in here that would say, I need, a, I need this new relationship with Jesus. I want my, my sin forgiven. I want a fresh start this morning. I want to be a new person. Pray with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Live inside me. Transform my life, first of all, <coughs> by forgiving my sin. Help me to repent of it, to go in a whole new direction with you. <coughs> Father, I pray in the name of the Lord that you'll help me to believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for me and that he rose from the dead. Today I accept him. He is my Lord and my Savior, and I'm going to live for him. That is my promise, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.